What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. What's up? We are here today to talk about our biggest mistakes and failures. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and so if you are listening for the first time, we want to say welcome. So Allegory and Elm is a weekly topical podcast with an emphasis on story and growth. And we take the topics that the people want to hear about and discuss them like today's topic, which is our biggest mistakes and failures. And so why would we want to talk about mistakes and failures, Kate? Well, I mean, I think you don't know what you don't know, right? And so if you aren't failing, I believe you're not really taking risks in your life. You're not really pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. If you're not failing from time to time, it was interesting that you wanted to talk about this. Cause I was listening to, I think Jay Shetty again, his book, think like a monk, but he was talking about, um, Sarah Blakely, who I didn't really know much about, but she basically is the um, founder of Spanx, which is, you know, like yeah. female, is it like hide the fats? Get all your, yeah. Smooth all your, all your smooth rolls out the edges. But so she's, you know, a billionaire, I'm sure. Um, but she has the story that she shares about her dad and like her dad basically every week would ask her and her brother, like what, what it was now he wouldn't ask him like, how was your week? What did you do? Well, how, you know, he was basically like, what did you fail at this week? And if they said, if they didn't have a failure, he would be disappointed. <laughs> and if they had a failure, he would basically like high five them and be like, way to go. Like you're learning. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it is just almost like changing our mindset around failure Mm -hmm. that it's not like, I think we've become, and I don't, I'm still trying to figure out like where this perception of like perfection has come from in our society. Like we have to be perfect. We have to know everything. We have to have all of our stuff together. Like where that comes from. I've, I still don't really know, but I think we have to break that mold and like realize that actually the more messy action you're taking, the more failures you're having, the more blunders you're having, that's like where you actually learn and lean into who you really are. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows our humanity. So I think that if you look at superheroes, they're fun and interesting movies, but if you don't have the human element where they're flawed, it just is not very interesting. So if you have a Superman character who just is perfect and you know, there's no real, there's, there's nothing at stake really. Mm -hmm. The stakes are low. And so you just aren't as invested. And so for me, if I am able to hear that other people fail, I'm not like celebrating other people's failures, but it helps me to realize that the path to success is not going to be without flaws and without some stumbles and without, some mistakes along the way. But I think owning your failures is really important to experiencing new growth. One of the biggest failures for me was kicking off 2020. I got scammed and I didn't want to talk about it on the episodes because I I was embarrassed about it. I felt really stupid that it happened because I'm normally just like, fuck off to any of these people that are, you know, I get a whiff of anything and I'm like, nope. Cause I do stuff on Craigslist. I'll do stuff on, I, I sell different things. And so I constantly am getting these, Oh, my sister from blah, blah, blah. needs your PayPal email address and like some weird story always. But this was something to where I had been working with 
a graphic designer and, uh, this person had like a huge, massive following and it looked like their, the perception was that they were dealing with these big clients. And I was just kind of like this small fish that was, you know, wanting some work done for allegory and Elm. And the work was done and did an amazing job, but uh, w- an opportunity came up later. Well, he for- lives out of the country. That's okay. a big part of it, I think, too, mm-hmm. right? Because it wasn't like, like he has issues getting certain payment sources from yes. the states. And so, and you had experienced that with him as you were paying him. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah. So. I just wanted to preface that. No, that that's helpful. I, I leave out yeah. like, specific details of stories a lot of the time. So yeah, that's really helpful. So yeah, payments to Tanzania are kind of weird, even with PayPal and banks and all of that stuff. So what ended up happening was this opportunity came up and I may even forget some of the details and and confuse this story because it was kind of confusing what happened. But basically it was presented to me that this company was wanting and maybe you can help me remember the the details well, of the story. I think because you had successfully been able to pay him for mm-hmm. the work that he had done for you, he was like, "Hey, is there any way you could help me get this money from this other client who mm-hmm. is having an issue or I don't even know if they were having an issue or just he knew that you could get payment from them to him." Right. Right. So he asked you, could you help? And you were like in this giving spirit and you really loved his work and wanted to help him. And, and I think too, like you, you realize like we have a lot of privilege in America and he does not have the same a level of privilege and he's a creative and you just wanted to support him and help him in any way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that was your spirit around it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it, it also was a business opportunity. I thought, because he was like, Hey, so I'm going to, I'm going to cut around on the details. He was getting scammed essentially. And I was the one who was caught with the bag in my hand, you know? And so basically this company, these scammers reached out to him with this opportunity of him doing services for them and me being kind of the middleman to handle the payment. They mailed you a check you tried to take it to one bank. The bank didn't tell you like, Hey, this looks fake or this looks, or this accounts flagged or what anything. Right. They just said, right. we can't clear this basically, mm-hmm. but they didn't give you a reason. Yes. So then you took it to our bank and they clear, they cleared it, but it didn't really clear, but you had already paid them like from our account basically. Cause it looked cleared. Right. So then you sent them money and then it got weird. Yeah. So basically the the way they presented it to him was, Hey, we're going to, it sounded like there were multiple people involved with this project. And so I was going to be in charge of sending the guy in Tanzania some money and sending this other uh, person who was doing some of the marketing money. So they sent me a a check for six grand and I sent 3000 because it showed up in my account, I sent 3000 to this other person and then 600 to my guy in Tanzania. That's kind of how it went down. And it was one of those things of where, as I was talking to the guys who were involved, they were very um, aggressive about getting the money. And I was kind of like busy with work as I normally am and was kind of just like 
felt like these were bigger fish. And I was just like, Oh shit. Like I I'm, I need to take care of this. And so I think I just wasn't thinking clearly. And like you said, just trying to come from a giving place and, uh, ended up realizing that like, as soon as I had sent the payment and then we didn't hear anything from them that we had gotten scammed. And so I, for a while thought maybe that, uh, the, the guy who had done the design work for me might've been in on it, or he probably thought that I was in on it or that I was trying to do some scam on him. But, um, it was a shitty situation and a really shitty way to start off the year. So like essentially just giving $3,000 away to some assholes. Yeah. And I don't really know what the opportunity from that failure was. Uh, essentially, you know, we've had our buddy in Tanzania has done more work. So he did Katie's logo as well and some work for us in that way. So he's kind of, cause I didn't want to, you know, eat that whole three K. And I, at the same time, I think it was an opportunity for us to kind of show kindness as well, because I think it's much harder for him to earn a living. Mm-hmm. You know, per, this is an interesting point to bring up too. I think perception is not always reality. You look at someone's Instagram and he, he just looked like to me on Instagram, it looked like he had like the fancy cars or like he had all this money and was just killing it with all these followers and everything. And that's not the full story. Mm-hmm. You know, once I had gotten to talk to him more and we had multiple conversations, I realized, Oh, he's like just struggling to make, make the next rent meet. payment. Yeah. yeah. I think there's just so many lessons in that. One of which is appearances are deceiving. Always be cautious with, you know, transactions like that. If something feels off, you know, trust your gut. Mm-hmm. And if something seems too good to be true, then don't, you know, don't go for it. Yeah. Um, well, and it's like, it's easy to be like, Oh, I shouldn't be kind and generous anymore because I got burned. And I think that is what happens to people, right? Like they, they put themselves out there, they take a risk, they try to be kind and they don't like, they either, you know, get money taken from them or, you know, stuff happens. And I think that's why a lot of times people then like close up or armor up because they've been hurt by trying to put themselves out there. So it's like this stance of like, if I'm going to put myself out there and risk failure, then I also have to like become more resilient. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, if you, if you don't like, if you fail and you're not resilient, like it's gonna, it's gonna harden you. It's gonna armor you. It's gonna make you want to like run and retreat and hide instead of like this happened and it was really shitty, but I learned blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And I do think it takes practice. Like it took you some time to like even tell people about that experience because it was like, I felt like a dumbass, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think failure sometimes leaves you that way for a, for a little bit or forever. If you choose to let it leave you there, it will, but you can also choose to kind of say, okay, that happened. That felt shitty, but what do I actually want to take from it? And how do Mm -hmm. I actually want to integrate that? It's almost like loss of any kind, right? Like how do I want to make meaning from what's happened here? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's so many helpful, valuable lessons, lessons on grace. Like Katie was really gracious 
about the fact that I had done something really stupid. Like, I don't know if I would handle it as well if she like lost $3,000. I'd be pretty annoyed. Like, how could you be so dumb? But it, it can happen to anyone. And the the thing is, is like it cleared. It looked like that money was in our bank account. That's yeah. the only reason why I sent someone else that I don't know money was because it appeared as though that money was there. But essentially the way the check was written was there wasn't money in that account. It was just it was a check a written counterfeit check yeah. or something. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't like a verified check a certified check. Yeah. So, you know, here's a business tip. If you're ever dealing with something and you're not doing a certified check and it's a large amount, you want to be cautious. Yeah. I think too, failure is often like, I think we, we fear failure so much that it's almost paralyzing. Like if I put myself out there, if I do this, if I take this risk, if I start this business, if I, you know, speak my truth, whatever it is for you, then like, I've even felt that like starting my own business. It's like, Oh, well, what if, what if it doesn't work one? And then it's like, well, what if it does work? What if I am successful? And then I have to have these whole other sets of like learning opportunities, right? Like being an entrepreneur. And so it's, I think there's so much that gets in our way because it, it's our mindset, right? It's our mindset around failure and fear. And how do we work through that? And I think it's important to, I mean, I can just share like some failures in my life. Well, one, I will just say when I was a new nurse, I will never forget my preceptor. He said to me, it's okay to make mistakes, but always, always own them, always own them because you're tempted to like cover it up or pretend it didn't happen. Or, you know, he's like, and if you lie about your mistakes, you're always going to be found out eventually. And then what happens is you're actually going to break trust. Like if people realize that you had a mistake that you didn't own up to, right? then there's going to be broken trust. And so that stuck with me for the last like 15 years, essentially. And, you know, so I remember early on in my nursing career, I accidentally gave a patient to like, I primed their, it's kind of complicated to explain, but basically I was giving them this treatment and I primed their line with the wrong, wrong medicine, wrong dose of medicine. Too much. Too much. And I was like, fuck, like, cause in, that can kill someone in nursing. Yeah. Like if you make a mistake, sometimes it could kill somebody, right. Or medicine or whatever. And so luckily, I mean, I, I reported it right away. You know, we did the things we needed to do to check and make sure the patient was okay. The patient was okay. I think it's also about, I mean, we talk about this a lot in healthcare and like, how do, how do we create a just culture where people you know, one, everybody makes mistakes. We know this. This is not a foreign thought, but how can we create a culture where people aren't afraid to speak up about it? And it's not looked on punitively, but it's looked on as, wow, thank you for talking about that because that is an opportunity to make something better. That is an opportunity to, you know, fix a, a kink in the system or fix a process that's not working for everybody. And so I think if we can look at things related to failure as opportunities to make things better, to improve the way we, we work and operate in life, then I think we're, we're going to move ourselves further along more quickly. And then secondly, I will say 
probably where I fail the most now is in motherhood. I think every day, because Andrew was asking me before the podcast, like, well, where do you fail? And I was like, well, I mean, I pretty much think I fail at motherhood daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I have great intentions. I want to be calm. I want to speak to my kids with love. I want to inspire them to be, you know, great people. And, you know, not five minutes into the day, half the time, it's like a screaming match or you know, them getting into a fight and then I'm screaming or, you know, and it's like, sometimes I just have to breathe and like give myself compassion and grace for that moment where I didn't show up in the way I wanted to. And then just say the next moment is a new opportunity. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think we can see our kids as a reflection of whether we're failing or succeeding as well. And so when the kids are just at each other's throat, it's just like, where have I gone wrong? Where have I failed here? And it, parenting's hard. It's just hard. And I do think that you can feel like you're failing constantly, but there's so many things that I see you do with the kids that are amazing. You know, like with letting Afton essentially just run the kitchen and make her own cookies. I would not do that. I'd just be like, nope. (laughs) So. Well, it took a lot of me to be like, it's okay if they make a mess. It's okay. You know? Cause I think my tendency was like, no, that's too, that's too risky. Or I even felt in myself being like wanting to limit her. Like, no, you're not going to get it right. And you know, the cookies are going to suck. And, um, so instead I was like, well, I can give you some tips. And even if they don't, again, like, I had to prep her cause she's also like one that doesn't like things to not turn out good. Yeah. That's tears. <laughs> so I was like, it's okay if they don't turn out exactly how you think, like this is part of the learning process. Yeah. So I think that's really important. An important note for parents is it's, it's great to foster the ability for kids to fail. Mm-hmm. So like you set up a situation, you don't want her to fail, but if she burned the cookies, then there's a lesson there of don't cook them that long mm-hmm. or don't put paper in the cookies or whatever situation caused them to burn. Right. So allowing our kids to fail, I think is important rather than creating these boundaries that are so rigid that there's no way for them to fail. Cause it's essentially like the bumpers when you go bowling, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's like cheating. It's a cheat code in gaming. And I, I don't think that helps you to grow. You don't become a better gamer by using cheat codes. You become a better gamer by grinding and doing the hard stuff over and over until you figure it out. Right. And that's the same for life. But I, it, I do find myself like with the tendency to like not let our kids fail. Like, to try to like prop them up and, you know, make sure like it goes like they think it should go. And, you know, instead of just letting them completely just fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah. And it comes from a loving place. And I think that this happens with all relationships where people are trying to protect you from failure or trying to protect you in some way. So they will discourage you from doing things a certain way or doing things, period like this podcast, potentially, uh, people saying maybe that's not the best idea to be that open and honest and vulnerable on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, maybe keep it 
closer to the chest. And for me, I've just found that anytime we've talked about things from affairs to death, to grief, to marijuana, to, uh, any of it, sharing things that feel taboo, even like the sex episode was our best episode. The one just titled sex was the most listened to episode more so than any other one. And I think that says something about our culture, but it also says something about the fact that people are interested in what is taboo, but so much of our culture just acts like it's taboo. They act like that's, Oh, we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're here to just break that down a little bit. I think that's why we swear on the podcast. You know, for me, it's like, let's, let's be, open with who we are and not, not filter and not create these parameters around what's acceptable and what's not. Cause I think you and I have realized through just discussions with others and through our life experiences that a lot of people hunger for stuff like this, where it's just being real. That's why every episode, pretty much at the beginning, we say, shoot the shit and be real. It's kind of cheeky, but it is, important to me for us Mm -hmm. to be real and to show up in a genuine, authentic way. And if I'm not doing that, I'm being disingenuous to myself. And again, I don't feel aligned when I'm acting like that. Yeah. And I think too, I've realized when people are judging or I can just say when I'm judging, it's often like when I'm judging what other people are doing or not doing, I really realized, I mean, people have heard this for a while, I'm sure. But like, I really realize, like when I am judging other people, it's because there's a part of them that is reflecting back to me something that I'm uncomfortable with in myself. So it really doesn't have anything to do with other people. It's really all about my own work, but it's really hard to see that a lot of times. And so, you know, people may have issues with what we're doing. They may not like that we cuss. They may not like what we talk about and that's fine. Like people do their Thing, whatever makes them feel mm-hmm. comfortable. But what I've learned about the more vulnerable I become with myself and more open with people, the things that other people do or say really don't bother me as much anymore. Cause I realize like, I don't like, even if I don't agree with it, it's like, I don't have to take that on. Like mm-hmm. you're welcome to have your view and I don't need to argue with it. I don't need to be right. right. I don't need, I don't need to do that. Yeah. So I want to talk about another one of my big failures. A lot of these happened in 2020. And I I think I kicked off the year thinking, I want to take more risks this year. I want to try things in a different way. And I think if you aren't failing, you're probably not growing a whole lot. At least that's the case for me, because for me, when I look at risk, it's essentially doing something that is going to take you outside of your comfort zone. It's trying new things that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. And that may result in failure because you don't know how it's going to go. This podcast could have not gone all that well releasing it. It could have gone very badly with our families and like created this nasty rift, but that's the risk you take with failure. You know, Mm -hmm. that there's the potential for failure there with any risk. So I had the, idea of, I wanted to have merch essentially. I just wanted to have some allegory and elm merch and it's expensive, you know, it can be. And so 
you have to buy kind of in large quantities or do a a la carte kind of way. And you really don't make much money on it, which might be the method that I move into more because I think I've realized for me, it's more about, it's less about making money off of it and more about just brand awareness and community and people kind of being like, Hey, this is part of who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought shoot the shit and be real. It's kind of like, it's a statement. Not a whole lot of people wear a shirt that's going to say, or a hat that says shit on it. And that's just the reality. When we do, we get complimented. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the like instant vibe vibe. Wait, it's like the instant attract your tribe. (laughs) With your vibe. Yeah. Like yeah. people see it. And if they say they like it, you're like, you're my person. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a filter for people. Yeah. And so anyways, uh, you, you have to buy in large quantities to really make any money off of the stuff. And so that was my mindset rather than <laughs> maybe just buying a smaller quantity or this is the real mistake. So I asked people on Instagram, who's interested in a shirt? And loads of people hit me up. We're like, I want to shoot the shit and be real shirt. And the mistake was not getting people to front the money. Mm, Like prepay. Yeah. You can prepay. Here's a discount, whatever. That would have been smart before ordering the amount that I did. And so that was the lesson that I learned in hindsight. I didn't really think of that before. Maybe if I'd have talked to someone who's done merch before, I could have figured that out. I think that's why it's good to look to mentors or to people who are where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so if there's someone who's doing a good bit of that, you kind of ask them those types of questions. And maybe that was a question I didn't even really know to ask. Right. Uh, but if someone sees like, wait, you're ordering a thousand dollars worth of shirts. Have you got that covered? like, no, I'm just going off faith, you know, or whatever. It's like, I'm going off the fact that there were so many people that said they wanted them. And I think they're going to sell like hotcakes and they sold well, but I still have a shit ton of hats and shirts. So I think that it wasn't necessarily a major failure. It just, in my eyes, it Mm -hmm. was like, I thought I was just gonna like make good money off of it. And it didn't, you know? I'm not even sure if we've broken even on it yet. And so for me, what is the opportunity there? There's opportunity to do other things with it. So if we have, Katie and I have talked about doing workshops, like weekend type things where we get together with people and have it be about clarity, growth, you know, story, all those things. And, you know, giving those shirts away as part of like, the weekend or specific clients that I feel like it, that message resonates with or people who just reach out and they're like, dude, we fucking love the podcast. Like you got any extra shirts? Yeah. We got some shirts. Like I even did You want a shirt or a hat. (laughs) Hit us up. Yeah. Just shoot me an email straight up. If you're in Asheville, I'll, I'll get it to you. But yeah, I think the thing was, is trying to reach out to these people who said they wanted it and kind of getting, nothing for like a a lot of people being like, "Uh, I don't think I want that anymore. Or just, you know, not following through on that. Well, I think like you said, it's like you, you see what people are doing or their business or their life. And you're like, man, they're, they're just killing it. It looks (laughs) like they're, you know, and we, we're content with where we are, but like there's things that we mess up all the time. So I want you to hear that because I talk to people all the time and they're like, 
it just seems like, you know, you've got your stuff together and you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, <laughs> it's taken years or it's taken weeks or it's taken months, you know, depending on what it is to like put it out there and risk like no response or, you know, not making the money back or, you know, it's like, I think it's good to talk about because I want people to know like, if you have an idea or a dream or something that you really want to create in your life, you have to be open to the possibility of it not working the way you think it's going to work, but also trusting that you can make pivots from that and you can learn and make maybe even make something more beautiful than you even initially imagined because of the failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I'm looking at business differently. There's this YouTuber called Mr. Beast who he basically like just gives away shit tons of money. He like gave a $10,000 to a homeless man and he, he grinded for like eight years. He didn't have any money. And like he did that and he does all these crazy things where he just gives out, he'll go into Best Buy and be like, here's a shopping cart. I'll pay for anything that you can add into the cart within one minute. And so he does these crazy things and people are attracted to that. But he said that he essentially just puts back like 50% of everything that he makes right back into the business. So once he got that first 10 grand, like five grand is going right back in. It's not, I'm going to keep, you know, this. And I think that that's where I want my mindset to be with business more so. So, just being more giving, like, here's a shirt. You want a shirt? Here's a shirt, you know? And I, that that's kind of the mindset that I want to have moving forward. And I think that's how you grow more is mm-hmm. not being so tied to money or mm-hmm. to outcomes. We've talked about this before. I don't remember what episode it was, but we've talked about not being so married to your ideas and to money and things. Right. And like, really it's about the energy you bring and the intention you bring versus the money or the outcome or whatever you're looking for. Like if you, I I just, this keeps coming up for me and different people I talk to and actually pulled a card this morning and basically was like where your intention goes, your energy flows, like where you bring your intention into your life that is where that energy and money is energy. So, you know, not to say that mo- like all energy is about money, but like that is where abundance comes from is when you set really specific intentions, but you detach from having to make a certain amount or get a certain amount of something like you then start to see it flow. Mm-hmm. But when you're attached to it, it almost like blocks that energy from being able to come in because you're so attached to it. Right. Right. It's like almost like the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think you can get attached to who you are as a person, the idea of who Katie may is or who Andrew may is. I think you can be so attached to that idea that you don't allow yourself room for failure or growth, either one. And I, I have an email that I want to read from Andrew may from 11 years ago, 2009. So I was like 24 years old and I was looking through my emails recently and this email just randomly popped up from 11 years ago. And it's probably one of the worst things I've in reading it. I'm like, wow, you were kind of a garbage human being, (laughs) like just to 
in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, just, I'm not sure if there was pent up anger about something else or what, I don't know why I felt like it was okay to talk to someone like this, even online. Uh, and I had like avoided YouTube con like getting in YouTube or being on Facebook and having all that back and forth with people. And maybe this was something that taught me about that. Like it, you don't need to feed those things because, and the way the person responded, I'll get to the email, but the way the person responded was really gracious. And mm. I think that that's really important is if someone comes at you very aggressively, you can escalate or you can deescalate. Mm. And this guy totally deescalated. So Backstory is I was trying to sell a Nintendo DSi on Craigslist and I sell a lot of shit on Craigslist. Um, and so like, I kind of realize what the value is and whatnot, and I will set a price that I think is very fair and reasonable. And so (laughs) this guy reached out to me on Craigslist and please like hear this, like feel free to judge me. It's fine. I hope you don't, but basically this is something that happened 11 years ago. And I want you, this is like a demonstration of your growth right here. Yeah. I I don't really want to read this and be like, I actually said this shit, but yeah, this is a demonstration that you're never too far gone or -hmm. you're never so far over the line that you can't return or that you aren't able to grow from that. And so (laughs) please pardon. (laughs) This is not current me. Keep that in your head. And you're sharing this this so that you can just demonstrate like there's hope for you. If you want to change, if you want to grow, if you want to. Yeah. I do not support this asshole, Andrew May, who wrote this response to this guy, uh, 24 years old, brain, not fully developed. (laughs) Still got a year to go at that time. But yeah, the guy just wrote a simple message that said, I think I was charging like 200 bucks or something for this handheld console. And he put, how about 75? (laughs) Oh man. So Andrew May, 24 year old Andrew May decides to respond. The DSI just came out in April, 2009. It retails everywhere for $170. I'm providing the original box receipt two games, three styluses, charger, and carrying case, a value of $200. The unit I am selling is in mint condition, less than five months old. Fuck no. I will not sell it for $75, you fucking cheapskate. I already have a buyer who realizes what a good deal I am giving. Man, the entitlement here is insane. Hold on, hold on. Whoa. If you would educate yourself on the matter a little bit, instead of lowballing the hell out of people, you might be able to actually get a good deal on something. Until then, you can shove the $75 up your ass. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> Kate, Katie's not heard this email. She's never heard it because why would I have ever told anybody about this? But he responded he responded to me and basically it doesn't have the response here for some reason, I think cause it was through Craigslist, but I remember his response cause it had a deep impact on me. His response was essentially like, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if there's something else going on in your life or, or what, but I, I was just asking a simple question and you know, to berate me over that is mm. it's, it's kind of, 
unfounded. So, you know, I'd be willing to talk about pricing, but this is not really how you should show up. And I could have taken that and been like prick, you know, and doubled down on the dickhead that I was being, or this was my response back to him. I I just said, uh, you're quite right in what you said. I was way out of line and there was no excuse for verbally assaulting you over a simple question. So that was our interaction. I ended up selling it to someone else. No big deal. But I think the lesson there was so important for me because like reading this, I just do not like the person who wrote this Mm. whatsoever. And so that's another thing with failure. You can get to where you just hate yourself like so much frustration and vitriol that you're like, man, I'm such a angry, vindictive person. And you can end up doubling down, like I said, or you can take feedback. So the guy gave Mm -hmm. me some feedback. He could have responded like, well, fuck you, dude. 75's fair. Yeah. It could have been, it could have just gone back and forth. Yeah. Negativity. Yeah. Like you said, he really diffused the situation by just being like, I like, whoa, I'm sorry. I was not trying to be offensive, but what you said was a little bit offensive. Yeah. This you was know? good Christian Andrew. Though, oh boy. This. Yeah. That's <laughs> wow. So yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point, like with your failures, like bring compassion to yourself, you know, don't, because I think when we are shaming or you know, really going to a negative place when we do mess up, that just puts you into like this shame cycle and it's not, that's not helpful. So find like, that's when something I've been working with, like with myself is when I realize like, Ooh, I did not, I did not bring my best self or Ooh, I didn't, you know, like yesterday I had this presentation at work and I thought I had enough time to like get all the content in and I didn't. And so I like ran out of time and I didn't get to cover everything. And you know, my, my initial thought was like, that was so dumb. Like you should have planned better. You should have, you know, been more time management and been more on time management. And I, I, instead I was like, you know what? Like you did your best. You, you put a lot of good information out there. Like even if they took one thing from it and learned like it's worth it and it's okay. Like, I think for me, I have to really work on the compassion piece because I'm tempted to speak to myself pretty nastily. Like you idiot. Why would you do that kind of language? And that's not helpful when you do fail. Like look, look at ways that you are talking to yourself around your failures. Yeah. Yeah. And know that there's always room for you to evolve, improve, grow, and become a better person. And so another lesson there for me was don't ever use words to hurt other people or to harm Mm -hmm. other people. Even if they're saying something that you think is like offensive or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think it's all in how you respond and react to people to stay true to yourself and to help show them a better way. That was one of the ideas within Christianity is like, essentially show people Christ through your actions. And I think that's a good message. I would just kind of translate it also to like non-Christian people, basically show people kindness through your actions. Yeah. Like the guy showed me because it, it had a great impact on me and it really stuck with me and for 11 years later. Right. So just know that you can change and you can become a better person. You can be better than you were yesterday, better than you were five, 10 years ago. Definitely. And I do believe the energy you put out in the world, like will come back to you. 
So consider that, right? Yeah. So Katie has a workshop coming up and we wanted to let you know about that real quick. Yeah. So I talked about it last week. I just wanted to talk about it again because sign up is coming to the to an end in the next couple of weeks because the workshop is on January 30th. It is called Claim Your Magic. It is a virtual workshop from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. that Saturday morning. It's really tailored towards women, but if you're a man and you really are interested in it, let me know. We can talk about that. But um, it's really just a workshop to, you know, one, get clear and clear out things that aren't serving you and then get clear about where you want to go. Connecting to yourself and some strategies to use to like really be more divinely guided or more, you know, spiritually guided. Um creating sort of the path forward that feels most aligned with you. And then just claiming, claiming who you are, claiming your essence, claiming what lights your soul on fire and making a path forward in 2021 that feels aligned and centered for you, not just like the hustle culture, or this is what they say I should be doing, or I need to lose weight because I want to, you know, be skinny, but like, how do you want to actually show up and why, what's the why behind it? So we'll be going into all of that in the workshop. If you're interested, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can check out my website at www.embraceyourselfwhole.com, claim your magic workshop. And I would love to see you there. Oh, and it's free. If you bring a friend. Oh, free, bitch. Yeah. If nice. you bring a friend. So. If you bring a friend. Join me with your friends. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Allegory and Elm podcast. You guys Cheers. are awesome. Cheers. Peace and love. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegoryandelm.com slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.